Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talk to Riley Chase, the founder of Hostify, a SaaS platform that helps IT providers to manage all their customers' networks from a single server. In early 2018, a listener of this show mentioned me in a tweet. He told me how the podcast was such an inspiration for him and that he was about to start his own SaaS business. He was a single founder, bootstrapping the SaaS business for the first time, and he was learning to code as he went. And over the next few months, he started sharing what he was doing. I'd often see tweets or LinkedIn posts from him about what he had just tried, what had worked, what didn't work. He was a completely open book, and you couldn't help but root for him. Once he shipped his product, he got a few early customers, but wasn't making a lot of money. But it was interesting to watch him from the sidelines as he tried all kinds of things to grow. And around December 2018, he tweeted that one of his goals for 2019 was to be a guest on the SaaS podcast. So I told him, get to an annual run rate of $100,000, and I'll invite you on the show. So he told me that based on his current growth rate, he could probably get there in about two years' time. But I told him that based on what I'd seen, I was pretty sure that he'd get there sooner. So that was the New Year resolution he set on the 1st of January 2019. But a week later, his life turned upside down. He was fired from his job because his employer didn't like him moonlighting, and he had some tough decisions to make. Eventually, he decided to go all in with his SaaS business. He even sold his house to give him a longer runway. Now, his SaaS product wasn't just a side project anymore. It was everything to him. And it was amazing to see how getting fired from his job gave him even more motivation to succeed with his SaaS business. And in eight months, he achieved the goal that we set together. His business is currently doing over $10,000 in monthly recurring revenue. And I'm delighted to have Riley join me on the show. So I hope you enjoyed this interview. Are you looking to sell your online business or buy one to start your entrepreneurial journey? Discover exciting opportunities with Bupos.com. Bupos is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses and the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers. At Bupos.com, you can explore their exclusive listings, browse listings from other marketplaces, or submit your own deal for approval. Bupos can offer pre-approved financing for recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding with no personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash Bupos. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next deal. Is your team struggling with spreadsheets that can't keep up with your workflows? It's time to switch to Jotform Tables. Jotform Tables is an all-in-one workspace that lets you collect, organize, and manage data seamlessly. Not only can you create online forms to gather data directly in Jotform Tables, but it also serves as a powerful tool to manage and analyze the data collected from your existing Jotform forms. You can also import spreadsheets or enter information manually, and all your data is stored securely in one place. Jotform Tables makes collaboration 
collaboration a breeze. You can share your tables with a single click and work with your team in real time. Say goodbye to version control issues and hello to efficient teamwork. Get started with JotForm tables for free today at sasclub.io slash JotForm. That's sasclub.io slash JotForm. Hey there, SaaS founders. Are you looking to grow your B2B SaaS business to the first million in annual recurring revenue? I've got something that can help you. Introducing the SaaS Club newsletter, your weekly source of proven strategies, practical insights, and exclusive interviews with successful B2B SaaS founders who've been in your shoes and are ready to share what they've learned. Each week, you'll get a quick five-minute read delivered straight to your inbox, full of growth tactics, lessons learned, and insider tips to help you tackle those early stage challenges and grow your business to seven figures and beyond. So what are you waiting for? Head over over to sasclub.io slash newsletter and join over 4,000 other SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already using these insights to grow their businesses. Subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today and get the support you need to keep moving forward on your SaaS journey. Okay, Riley, welcome to the show. Hey, Omar, thanks for having me. So I always like to ask my guests what gets them out of bed every day, what drives or motivates them. Is there a favorite quote that you can share with us? So I was looking through some quotes and one that stood out to me was, try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man of value. And it's, uh, I think it was Albert Einstein, but I think it was just the idea of you should be giving more value out there than you are expecting to receive. I like it. All right. So for people who kind of, you know, aren't familiar with this, t- tell us about Hostify. What does the product do? Who's it for? And what's the main problem you're, you're trying to solve? So Hostify is a, it's a managed server hosting solution for Ubiquity software. So Ubiquity is a hardware company that makes wireless access points, routers, switches, and network products like that. And you can, uh, what's unique about it is they give away the software that manages the devices for free. So basically, you connect all your devices up to one server, and then you can see the statistics and configure the devices from that server. And so um, the service that I started, it takes that free software, installs it on a server for you, and then I help you uh, get started connecting your devices, uh, do SSL installation, provide updates for the software and Linux and stuff like that so that the customer, they can just focus on working on their network and not have to uh, have one more server to maintain And um, my primary customers are IT service providers. So they install these wireless networks for their customers and they manage all their customers from one, this one server. And then my other primary customer is wireless internet service providers. So these are people who they started a business where they're taking a internet connection and then bringing it out to a rural area with uh, point to point wireless links. Got it. Okay. And how did you come up with this idea? How I came up with the ideas, it's kind of a problem that I ran into while working for my own um, IT service business. So I was doing uh, network equipment installations, like wireless and, and routers and stuff. And I came across a unified solution and I found that it was tricky to get the server set up. They have a hardware solution that they sell called a cloud key where you can connect all the devices to this one unit, but then you have to have a different cloud key for every customer So rather than doing that, I wanted to have all my customers connected up to one server, cloud hosted on DigitalOcean or whatever. So I went out and it took me a few days to figure out how to get it installed, get the SSL installed, and then I had to keep updating it all the time. So um, 
I kind of uh, figured if I could do that for more people, it wouldn't be that much more work, but I could uh, help some other people get started. And actually, before I started Hostify, I'd already set up two other servers for friends that I was managing. You know, I'd set it up and I'd installed the SSL cert and I was doing the updates for them already and stuff. So it was kind of a business that was I was already doing, but it wasn't automated. Okay, got it. And so you mentioned DigitalOcean. Is that are you still using that? Like, is that kind of the host that this product is built on? So I started out using DigitalOcean, and then for some reason, I just started using Vulture when I was writing the code. So now everything is on Vulture, but they're very similar. And actually, it's a good thing I did use Vulture because they have a lot of uh, data center locations, and I have a lot of customers in different areas. So um, it's been good to have uh, a lot of different locations to choose from. Okay, so you came up with this idea, and you were like, okay, I'm kind of already going through this myself. I've helped some other people set up these servers. And wouldn't it be great if I could kind of do this in the cloud and, and kind of turn it into a product for other people? Did you have a background as a developer? So I'd never worked as a software engineer before. And throughout my career, I worked in a few different roles, mainly as a network engineer or also as a VoIP engineer. So installing phone systems and, and networks and uh, stuff like that. And I had just learned programming as a hobby. It was something I was interested in. So I knew how to like script things in Python, but I wasn't, I wouldn't consider myself a software developer. I didn't really know object-oriented programming. I didn't know how to write test cases or uh, in different things like that you would expect like a software engineer to know how to do. But you ended up building the whole product yourself. I built the whole product myself. All right. And I didn't hire anyone to help me with it. Yeah. So you, you've got this idea... And you've got some thoughts around how you're going to build this product. What kind of validation did you do? Did like did you start going out and like talking to some of these you know IT service providers and and trying to just figure out whether this was worth investing your time and money in? So I didn't do any validation. I knew a little bit that I should be doing validation, but I just kind of chose not to because I knew that it was a problem that existed because I experienced the problem and then. I also had really low expectations for this. I didn't think people would be interested in it when I started it. And one of the reasons why I went forward with it anyways was because it was just a learning challenge for me. I knew I wanted to eventually start a software company, in particular software as a service business. And for me, this was just a stepping stone for me to kind of learn the skills that would be required to eventually, in my mind, start something better, more complicated, more valuable. Okay. And it was kind of interesting how you you ended up like starting the product. Like I think the first time I heard about you was in the summer of 2018 on Twitter or maybe LinkedIn. Initially, it was just like, you know, hey, message, hey, like, you know, I, I'm a listener of the SaaS podcast, love the show. And then you started sharing what you were doing to build out this product. And initially, all of this started with a WordPress site, right? Yeah. So the MVP, basically, I'd gone through several iterations of it before launching and really struggled to get it off the ground. I tried different frameworks. like uh, Because I already knew a little bit of Python, I was trying to get into using Flask, but didn't find a SaaS stack kind of to start with there. So I started looking at Django, another Python web framework, and I did find there were some boilerplate code online on GitHub and stuff. So I started downloading different boilerplates for starting a software as a service website in Django and Flask and stuff. And I went through a few different iterations of not being able to get things to work, not being able to get Stripe integration working, 
and just basic like user dashboard things working. So I was really frustrated. I actually gave up for a couple of weeks where I was like, Hey, I'm going to have to like, this is something I want to do, but I'm going to have to put it off for a few years because I'm not good enough at programming yet. And then some of my friends poked me and like, you're like, Hey, you still working on that thing? I was like, ah, I should probably get back to working on it. So I ended up trying it. I tried to, I tried it again. And, um, at that point I was like trying to just figure out any way to make it work. And one way that I tried was, and this is how it ended up working, WordPress with recurring plugins for Stripe integration and recurring payments. So basically WordPress handles the user registration, the checkout process. I brought I bought a WordPress theme that is the front page, but in the back end, it's all still powered by Python. So Python sees that someone signed up, took their payment, Python runs, builds a server, installs Unify, does an SSL installation, all this stuff, and then saves it back to the database where it's displayed in the user dashboard. So I was able to put together a SaaS company without knowing a lot about how the programming side of it worked. That is really cool because you know anybody can set up a WordPress site and there are a ton of plugins out there that let you integrate things like Stripe or you know whatever you want to do. I'm curious, I mean, we don't need to get like super technical on this, but how did you integrate the Python script with the WordPress site? Were you like running some kind of cron job on a server and just looking to see if there were some changes in the database and that triggered some, some of these jobs? So that was the most complicated part. At this point, I was so frustrated because I had already written like all of the code that does the actual work of like creating a server, doing all that. That was like easy for me to write. But um, then trying to figure out how to integrate it into WordPress... I was trying to figure that out. I looked at Zapier, but the Zaps... So like Zapier is like, I could get a plugin where as soon as a customer registered, it would go to Zapier and then Zapier could trigger something else to happen. So I tried to integrate it that way, but I found that it was too slow. Like the Zaps would run every five minutes or something like that. So I didn't want the customer to have to wait. And so after hacking around with it for a long time, I finally just came up with a way of doing it where, yeah, basically Python runs on a cron job every one minute. It checks the database to see if there is a subscription row that exists. And if there's not a server row that exists that matches that subscription, it will build that server. And then, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff about how to delete it. And then there's other scripts that do backups. And But yeah, it just started pretty much that simple. See, I, I love that because that's not, it's not the ideal way to probably build this. And I know you're, you're thinking about at some point replacing all of the WordPress infrastructure and and writing this kind of from the ground up yourself now now that you've you kind of feel more confident programming but you know what you did there i think what i really love about that is that a lot of people say you know i can't do this because i can't code or i don't have a technical co-founder or something like that well heck anyone can set up a wordpress site and do what you described and even if they can't do the python integration that you talked about if you're super clear about what you're trying to do, you could probably find somebody on Upwork or somewhere who could probably get some of this stuff done for you, right? Definitely. And I think there's a big movement right now called like no code where there's more and more things that you're able to do with platforms like Zapier and you can uh, integrate different things. There's a, a friend of mine has uh, uh, Ben, he has uh, MakerPad, and it's all about how to start subscription businesses, basically, and different types of websites without any code. Okay, so how long did it take you from the point where you said, okay, I'm going to start to build this to 
you know, going through with the different iterations with Flask and Django and then eventually coming with WordPress? Like how long was that process to the point where you were like, okay, I'm ready to, to bring on my first customer? So it was like February or March when I first started iterating through different Python stacks and stuff. And then by the time I got onto WordPress, it was like a one month period between figuring out that I could use WordPress and then launching in the middle of May. Yeah, it was a few months. Okay. So let's talk about how you went about getting your first 10 customers. First of all, tell me about some of the things that you did that didn't work. So I just launched the website with basically a tweet on my Twitter account, which I didn't have very many followers. I'd never started a company or like I didn't have a following or anything like that. Really, I had a few hundred followers on Twitter. And uh, I tagged uh, you, Omar Khan, in it and also uh, some other people that inspired me, like Tyler Tringas. So yeah, that was pretty much it. Like I, I did the launch tweet, but then I knew I wasn't done. Like I'd learned enough from listening to the show and reading that I can't just sit back and wait for people to come because they won't. So I went out to... The first thing I did is I went to like the Ubiquity forums and I I made a post that you know I launched this service. And then pretty much immediately, they, the moderators saw it, removed it, warned me not to do that again. And uh, I kind of... At the same time, I kind of did that across a bunch of different channels and had the same result. So I tried posting on Reddit, Ubiquity group or MSP group. They had like you know, 30,000 subscribers. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. You know, people are going to love this. So I posted it there immediately. It was removed. I posted about Hostify on um, Ubiquity's like official Facebook page there, you know, all these different places that I was just getting just removed and no one was seeing it. And so, yeah, I was really kind of stumped like what to do. I tried reaching out to people directly through direct messaging on the Ubiquity forums I think I did like 25 or 30 people just, Hey, I just launched Hostify. What do you think about it? Didn't get really any replies. Maybe one or two people said, Oh, that's cool, but I don't need that. So it was pretty discouraging, (laughs) but I knew I wasn't going to like give up. I was just still in my mind. I was still just practicing, you know, for what it's like to start a SaaS company. So. Yeah. And I think that's important because you had very low expectations. Like you wanted to build this thing out. This was almost like you said, it was a practice for you. And that's very different to somebody who is like so invested in their idea and sort of starts out by thinking, okay, I've I've kind of spent time and money building this. And now, you know, I need to get to, you know, my first million dollars as quickly as possible. And when you have that sort of expectation and you haven't validated the idea, and then suddenly you start contacting people and you're getting shut down. And other people are telling you, thanks, but I don't need it. That can be really disheartening. Like, oh, crap, have I just wasted all of this time on an idea that nobody wants? I definitely was worried that no one would want it. But like I said, I had really low expectations. I was, you know, my investment was low. It was a couple of months of my time, which is a bummer. But I had put about $500 into primarily the cost was the WordPress plugins. So I mean, very low investment. And yeah, I was, I remember having an expectation that if I could get to 10 customers, that would be pretty cool because 10 customers for me, you know, that's like break even where it's like, yeah, that was kind of worth my time or it was not too bad. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's Jason Lemkin who says that, you know, if you get your, your, your first 10 unaffiliated customers, like it's not your, your mom and your friends and stuff like that, then you're probably onto something there. So 
what eventually worked? How did you eventually get those first 10 customers? So I started looking at like social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. And the first place I got traction was on Twitter. I had a really hard time on Facebook and LinkedIn because I learned I'd never done like a Facebook page or a LinkedIn page, company page before really. So I started learning that like the differences between the platforms, like Facebook as a company, you can't friend someone, you can't like their stats and you can't comment on other people's stuff. So there's differences between the platforms and what was different about Twitter and the reason why it started working. And it's the same for Instagram, but I didn't really get into Instagram as much. But basically on Twitter, your account is just like a normal person. As a company, you're just another person. And what that means is you can interact with people, you can like their stats, you can comment, you can follow them. And so what I started doing is I, I don't remember when I integrated TweetDeck, but early on, I was just searching for uh, hashtag ubiquity, hashtag unify, basically all these different related search terms in Twitter to pull up conversations that were going on about the niche that I was in. And so I started liking what people were saying, commenting, following other people. And then, you know, obviously I had my profile set up with the company logo, a description of what we do and a link to our website. So I think that's where I started to first gain a following and also get some traffic on the website. So yeah, that started to, to work pretty well. And, and do you remember when you got your first paying customer? Yeah, I do. It was I can't remember what day it was, but yeah, it was, it was uh, a couple weeks after. So I think it was two or three weeks after I had launched. And during that time, I had been doing all these things, posting on forums and Twitter and different stuff. And I finally got my first customer. I always remember I was driving in my truck on the way to work and I looked down, I, my phone buzzed and I got a customer. So uh, somebody signed up for $5 a month and he was on the other side of the world in like the Netherlands or something. So it was really cool. Nice. And, and yeah, I mean, you were going to work because you were only working on this business evenings and weekends, right? So yeah. you didn't have a huge amount of time to, to work on it. I had a full-time job and I also was in college full-time remotely, like online school, working on a degree in IT security. So yeah, I didn't have a lot of time, but when I would work on it, it would be, I would get home from work at like five, six o'clock. And then my girlfriend, now my fiance, Emily, she was working second shift. So she wouldn't get home from work till like 10 or 11. And so I would work every day from like five to 10 on uh, Hostify. Wow. And how much time were you spending studying as well in the week? Uh, I just do it like when she was home, we would just like study together because she was in college too, getting a degree in accounting. So we would just kind of like, my school was like really laid back. So it was go, go at your own pace. So I would just kind of set a goal. Like I want to get this class done like this month or whatever. And I would just kind of fit it in when I had time on the weekends and study when she was studying and stuff. Okay. So eventually you get to your first 10 customers. And do you know like how much revenue you were generating like around the end of 2018? Like just roughly. So like December? Yeah. So December 31st, I was at $2,275 monthly recurring revenue. So about 2K. Are you an entrepreneur looking to buy a profitable online business or a founder ready to sell? Bupas is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses. With their exclusive listings, as well as listings from other marketplaces, and the option to submit your own deal for approval, Bupas has you covered. Plus, they're the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers of recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding without personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io 
slash BUPOS. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to start your entrepreneurial journey or sell your business at the right valuation with BUPOS.com. So during that time, you'd built out Hostify, you're generating a couple of thousand dollars in MRR, and most of that was coming through Twitter? Or was there anything else? At that point, and it was like right around December, January, where you know, one other method I had found that was working was there. I wanted to get to the front page of Google results for certain search terms like Unify Cloud Hosting. And um, because my domain wasn't ranking there yet, one kind of workaround I found was I searched for Unify Cloud Hosting. I saw, um, and I think I got this from one of your podcasts too. I saw that one of the sites that was coming up on the top of the results was a forum. It was Ubiquity's forum. So I went in there and commented on that post. And so that started to refer traffic. Because you had a you had a link in the signature back to your site. Yeah, I had a link in my signature. I think I was even just saying like, you know, the, the post was about how Ubiquity had made a price change and their cloud hosting was really expensive. So I kind of made a post just like, yeah, you know, I started this one. It's a lot cheaper or something like that. And like, for some reason, I didn't get like banned for that. So, but yeah, so that was referring traffic. That was helping a lot in addition to Twitter. So it was probably like 50-50 between that and Twitter and stuff like that. But then... um it was right around December, January, where I did actually get uh, first page Google ranking for some search terms. And so that really changed the growth. Okay. And then you started off charging five bucks a month. And now when I look at the pricing plan, you've got the starting, well, there's a free plan and then 19 bucks a month, 29 a month, 49 a month. Were those like recent changes or... Did you start raising your price in 2018 as you started seeing customers coming in? So I actually changed prices. I think it was in October and it was when I got to a hundred customers and I had been doing some reading and stuff about how like if you're making less than $10 a month on your SaaS, because I have expenses too. So I got to pay for the server, which is you know $5 a month. The Stripe transaction fee is like almost a dollar sometimes. And then I also do backups for people. So that that cost is kind of spread across all the servers, but, but yeah, so it's only like 60% profit on the subscriptions. And so I've been doing some reading that like, if you're below like $10 a month, you're probably not going to survive it. <laughs> like once you get to scale, it'll be too much support work and everything. So I tried to make some changes and I did change the minimum to $19, but I also, um, that's when I kind of, I found product market fit too. It was a little before I got to hundred customers, but yeah, I kind of figured out, you know, who my customer was and the people who were paying $5 a month were churning a lot as well. So I got rid of the five and $10 plans and I started the first payment plan at $19 instead. Okay. So Hostify is starting to do well. You've got customers, you've got about 2K. Now, a lot, a lot of people would have said, okay, double down on that and really kind of continue to focus on growing that business. You did something a little different because then you built two more products, right? One was called Ghostify. The other one was Captify. Tell me about like, when did you build those and why you decided to add those products into the mix? So I think it was in November is when I started working on Ghostify. And the inspiration for that really came from reading makebook.io by Peter Levels. And um, he's this guy that did like 12 startups in 12 months. And he's like a big advocate of like launching stuff all the time, seeing what works and then growing and building multiple businesses at the same time, stuff like that. So I was kind of inspired that like, 
I could do more. And at that point, Hostify was small enough that like support was pretty low. I didn't really feel like I had a lot of product improvements that I needed to make right away. And so I was like almost kind of bored. Like I wanted to do more stuff. And so, yeah, I started working on Ghostify, which is like a VPN service. And um, I had plans to like just keep starting things. And, you know, I was going to keep on working on Hostify, but just in case it doesn't work out, I'll have like some other streams of income. Got it. Okay. So you've now got three products. You've now got three times as much, you know, different things to think about. At what point did you realize that this probably wasn't the right thing for you to be doing? So I think I realized it, I think it was in like May of this year, like a few months ago, I had launched Ghostify, the VPN service, Captify, a Wi-Fi marketing software as a service tool. And then I also launched MSP Story, which is an online community for IT service business owners. And then that's kind of when I began to realize like, wow, like I've got all these things going, they all need work and I don't have time to... um, It was particularly, I think, when I launched the IT service community that I realized the community takes a lot of time. Like you have to be there answering questions, um, writing articles and like doing all these things. And at the same time, I had Capto I had just launched and it needed marketing. The program worked really well, but like I wasn't marketing it very well. I didn't have very many customers. And then Ghostify had launched and it was doing good. Like it was doing all right. I had like 25, 30 customers, but the product, it needed a lot of work for like the onboarding process, new features. And people were asking me, when are you going to get these features done? And like, you know, every time someone signed up, it was like a drag because like I hadn't really perfected the onboarding process or like at all really. It was like a note that I had written that I would send people and then they need help setting up this device and that device and their router. And so all on top of that, I had these three things, Ghostify, Captify, and MSP Story. And they were just like not making very much money, you know, between the three of them, you know, the, the community wasn't making any money. So between the two other SaaS businesses, it was like less than like $500 a month. But then at the same time, I've got Hostify that in that month did $6,000 a monthly recurring revenue. So it just became kind of obvious to me that I needed to focus on Hostify. And that was what was working. And I, I had a lot to do with Hostify that I didn't know back in November when I started Ghostify that there's a lot of things that I still need to do to Hostify, like getting the onboarding better, doing a lot of things to you know, make the product better that I wasn't even aware of at a smaller scale. So I think it was around the end of 2018 when I... I think it was either a tweet or you posted something on LinkedIn and you said, you know, one of my goals for 2019 is to be a guest on the SaaS podcast with Omer. And like, I saw that and and what did I tell you from that? So yeah, I think it was going back a few months before that. I had written like a blog post about what I was up to with Hostify and stuff. And I think you had commented and said, great job. When you get to a hundred thousand dollars a year annual recurring revenue, let's have you on the show. And so I was like, so excited. I was like, that's the coolest thing. Cause I've listened to almost every episode, except for some of the most recent ones of the show. And they were a big inspiration to me when I was building Hostify. So yeah, I was super honored to be on the show. And also I hadn't never really thought about like this could get to a hundred thousand or when will it get to a hundred thousand? And so I was like, you know, I kind of looked at the numbers, looked at the growth and I was like, I think in 2019, I can get this to a hundred thousand. And so everyone was talking about their new year's resolutions. It was January 1st, 2019 this year. And so I was like, my goal for this year is I want to be on this show because I, uh, I want to get to a hundred thousand revenue. So 
Yeah, that was awesome. I think that was a great way to start the year and and have something just to kind of focus on. It was kind of it was kind of like a shared goal that we'd sort of created. Yeah. And then I think it was about six days after that, something happened. Right? Not so good. So that I think I'm pretty sure that was January first, and then. I think it was uh, January 7th. I got fired from my job. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was a surprise. And like you got fired because they thought that what you were doing, there was, there was either some kind of conflict or, or whatever, right? There was, there was some issues there as they saw you kind of talking more publicly about what you were doing on the side. Yeah. So like, it goes back a while back. I had started a IT service business. I mean, I've had an IT service business on the side for the last four or five years. And then the company that I worked for, they're also an IT service business, even though they're totally different. Like they do government enterprise, I did small business. But anyways, they said like, we found out about your website, Lockwood Networks. We want you to close down your websites. And so that was in like March or something. And at that time I was like, Sure, whatever. Because I was like, I'm already working on this SaaS thing. I didn't tell them that, but I was like, I don't really care about the IT service business. I'm trying to focus on like product and SaaS is what I'm into these days. So I was like, all right, I'll close it down. So I closed it down. And then like out of nowhere, on January 7th, they like fired me because they said that I had continued working on it, even though it was something else. They felt that I had still had a conflict of interest by working on something outside of work. So yeah, and that was not the best way to start the year, but I love how determined it made you to to succeed with hostify so tell me about like once you'd had time to process what had just happened and you decided that i was you know you were going to go all in with this SaaS business what kind of changes did you make to put yourself in the best position to to succeed So it was a big surprise. I didn't see it coming and I wasn't super prepared. I just bought a house six months ago. I had planned on working at that company for a long time. I liked my job there. And I had always kind of thought about this as being a side thing that maybe someday if Hostify gets to where it's making much more money than my day job, then I will make a smooth transition over. I had really not planned out quitting or I had no plans or intentions of doing that at this time. And at the time, the revenue that Hostify was making was smaller than my mortgage payment. So uh, it was like not survivable um, for me and my current expenses and my situation. But I was, like you said, I was very determined. I was uh, a little bit pissed off. Like I didn't want to have to work for someone else. Uh, I didn't want to be, you know, treated it like that or like, you know, whatever. So I wanted more control of like my financial situation where someone can't just like take it away from you. And I just decided like, like no matter what, like I'm not going to apply to another job and I did it. And I, I think that was a big, uh, important thing because in the past I had another six months stint of going full time on my IT service business. And at the same time, towards the end of that six month stint, I was t- starting to like not like it. I started applying to jobs and I got a great job offer. And so I was back at it with the job and everything. But this time, I think what was different was I was just committed. I was not going to apply to jobs. And I decided I was going to sell my house and do whatever it takes. So, Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. And at that time, you also started thinking about raising some seed money to help you grow a little faster. And at that time, I had suggested, hey, why don't you check out Hustle Fund? and talk to Elizabeth Yin over there. And you were kind of looking at different options. But ultimately, 
you ended up raising some money at Ernest Capital, right? With our friend Tyler. Yeah, that's right. And um, it, the funny thing is, like, I'd started this business reading about like the bootstrapper mindset, never raise venture capital, and I was committed to like not raising any money. But you know, it just so happens that like 2019 was the perfect year to do something like this because all these uh, kind of bootstrapper focused funds popped up where they're like focusing on really small software businesses. And uh, in particular, Ernest Capital really appealed to me because I was a big fan of Tyler and I had read his book, MicroSAS ebook. And that was really big inspiration for me to start Hostify. To begin with, I'd already been following him on Twitter. I knew what he was up to. And like I was following his updates about how he was starting Ernest Capital. And so that was definitely like my number one pick. But I also applied to uh, Hustle Fund because you gave me the introduction there. And then um, there's also uh, Rob Walling started t- uh, Tiny Seed. So I applied to those three different funds. And how did you end up using the money that you raised? So far, I haven't used any of the money that I raised, but it was the, it was a great safety net for me. It was primarily a safety net. I couldn't see the future. You know, I didn't know that I was going to be be able to pull this off financially, this transition. And you know, it just so happens that my house sold at the right time. I reduced my expenses. MRR grew. And so I never really bottomed out exactly, but um, I still would have done the deal every time because of the value of the mentorship, which is really the primary reason I did it was the mentorship and the connections and help that I've had from being a part of Ernest Capital. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Recently, you started an affiliate program as well. And how did that help to, to grow the business? Yeah, that was last month actually. And that's been the biggest like single driver of growth that I've had so far. So it actually was kind of um, someone asked me if I had an affiliate program. I said, no, but let me find out because I knew who this person was. Uh, Tom Lawrence, he's a, he's a really well-known guy in this space of he teaches IT service business owners, all kinds of stuff. And he makes a ton of videos about Unify, Ubiquity, how to set up these network devices and stuff. He's got a huge following on YouTube. And so when he asked me, uh, he said, you know, so people have been telling me about your business. I really like what you're doing. I'd like to make a review of it, but you know, I'll still make the review. But if you had an affiliate link that I could put in there, that'd be cool. So I was like, of course, let me go figure that out. So I went and um, I went to the Ernest Capital Group. We have a Slack channel. And I was like, hey guys, what are you guys using for affiliate stuff? So someone recommended to me Get Rewardful. And I went and it's like this affiliate thing that's built specifically for SaaS companies and integrates with Stripe. And it was like perfect. So um, it took me only like a couple days to uh, figure it out. Now, remember, I'm using WordPress. So I had to like dig into like plugin code that I hadn't written and like change some stuff around. But um, it ended up working out just fine. And yeah. Tom made the review of Hostify and it got 8,000 views on YouTube and a ton of people came over and a ton of new customers. And it was the biggest month. Uh, I was thinking it was like $16,000 gross revenue last month. That is awesome. So the year started out by you saying, okay, I've got this one big goal. I want to be a guest on the SaaS podcast. Less than a week later, you get fired from your job. In hindsight, that was probably a good thing because it allowed you it opened up new opportunities. It allowed you to get a lot more focused. You decided you weren't going to continue with multiple products. You were going to double down and focus on Hostify. You were able to raise some money through Ernest Capital with Tyler. And 
then the affiliate program also turned out to be an opportunity that you weren't planning to work on, but you responded to when, when somebody asked you about that. And it was a few weeks ago that, that I got a message from you saying, I did it. And it was like, yeah, you've, you've, we'd, we'd basically been saying, okay, when you start doing about, what was it like? $8,333 MRR, which will get you to, you know, on track for a hundred K let's get you on the show. And you exceeded that. And that wasn't just like a spike in your numbers. Like you've been doing pretty well over the last few months anyway, right? Yeah. It's just been a slow, consistent growth, like 10, 20%. It's not like super slow, but I mean, it feels really slow when you're in it. That's for sure. And uh, I kind of knew, like I had some expectations about like, I can't remember what, what Tyler called it, but like the SAS ramp of death where it's like just slowly growing each month, you know, and you're just waiting, like you just, you know, someday it's going to get there, but yeah. Yeah, no, that is awesome. And I think it's a great story. And, you know, I'm so happy for you to see sort of where you started out and, you know, some of these challenges, especially on the job front that you had along the way. And, you know, how you, you've sort of turned this around. Because I remember initially when we talked in, and I threw out the 100K number, you were like super conservative and you'd sort of said, okay, based on how I'm growing now, I think I should be there in about two and a half years or something like that. And I'd kind of like jokingly said, well, I'm pretty sure, you, you know, based on what you've been doing, you're going to get there a lot sooner. But to sort of get there within sort of, you know, after the first half of 2019, I think is, is awesome. And, you know, congratulations for, for everything you've done here and, you know, how you've continued to stay focused and, and resilient through those tough times. I think that's been really incredible. And I think it's a great story. Thanks. I appreciate it. And it meant a lot to me when you said that, because uh, when you said that, it really made me think like, well, he would know. So, you know, maybe, maybe I can get there faster. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I could take total credit for that. No. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So I think we should wrap up. So let's get on to the lightning round. I'm going to ask you seven quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What's the best piece of business advice you ever received? So I want to share this blog article that I read that always stuck with me. I read it when around the time I was starting Hostify was that people with too many interests are more likely to be successful. And it said like according to research, and it was an article about how traditional advice is that you should just have one trade. In, but actually, as a business owner, if you have a lot of different interests, it really comes in handy. So my advice would be to take like three different interests that you have. Like for me, it was like Linux, Python programming and like ubiquity networks. And um, think about how you can combine like three unique interests that you have in, in a way that you can start a business that very few people would uh, start. I love that. That's, that's really, really cool. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? The book that really changed my mind from um, starting a service business to creating a product or a software business is a book called The Millionaire Fastlane by MJ DeMarco. And yeah, he's the founder of uh, limos.com. And he just wrote a book that really helped me think more about products and software instead of services. Cool. What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? I think one of the most common answers on the show I'd have to agree with is uh, grit, just not giving up. Yeah. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Um, lately, uh, I switched from just doing like email support, like in my inbox to using intercom. And that's been amazing. What's a new or crazy business idea you'd love to pursue if you had the time? 
business I was kind of really passionate about was Ghostify. And what was really interesting is I started like this VPN service and I made it for myself. But then what was really interesting was like people from all over the world actually signed up. And one thing I realized was a lot of these people are fighting against like internet censorship. So in China and in the Middle East, uh, a lot of people don't have free access to the internet. They're being filtered about what they're looking at and they can't get to certain websites. And so they have to use VPNs and I want to help them to bypass and get, you know, free access to information that can help them. What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Outside of starting SaaS businesses, I really enjoy uh, security and uh, bug bounties, hacking. And finally, what's one of your most important passions outside of your work? Getting out in nature, like spending time with my fiance. We like to go camping and hiking and just like get away from technology sometimes. Awesome. All right. So if uh, people want to check out Hostify, they can go to hostify.net and we'll include the link in the show notes to that. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, as far as social media, I'm most active on Twitter at underscore rchase underscore. And you can always send me an email to rchase at rchase.com. Awesome. Brody, congratulations. Great job on you know, getting to that, that 100K ARR goal. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do over the next year. And yeah, I'm just really happy. I think this is a great story and I'm just delighted with what you've been able to achieve. Thanks, Omar. I really appreciate it. Cheers. Are you still wrestling with rigid spreadsheets that slow down your team? Jotform Tables is a solution you've been looking for. Jotform Tables combines the power of a spreadsheet with the flexibility of a database. You can collect your data through customizable online forms and Jotform Tables automatically organizes and stores all the data submitted through your Jotform forms. You can also import and export files and collaborate with your team effortlessly. All changes are synced in real time, so everyone is always on the same page. But Jotform Tables is more than just a spreadsheet alternative with conditional formatting, data visualization, and more than 250 integrations, it's a complete productivity platform for your team. You can even automate tasks and workflows to save time. Ready to centralize your data, boost your team's efficiency, and take your productivity to new heights? Sign up for free at sasclub.io slash jotform. That's sasclub.io slash jotform. Do you dream of owning a profitable online business or are you looking to sell yours? Bupos.com is the number one platform for entrepreneurs and founders alike. With Bupos, you can discover exclusive listings, browse listings from other marketplaces, or submit your own deal for approval. As the first platform to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers, Bupos makes it easier than ever to acquire a recurring revenue business without personal guarantees. Their experienced M&A advisory team is dedicated to supporting you throughout the process, ensuring a smooth transaction. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash bupos. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next venture. Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? Well, you're not alone. But the good news is you don't have to settle for slow growth. The right tools can be a growth game changer. And that's where the SaaS toolkit comes in. This free guide cuts through the noise and shows you the 12 essential types of tools successful SaaS startups have used to get to seven figures and beyond. It gives you specific examples and makes practical recommendations to help you find the perfect growth tools for your needs. So stop feeling stuck. Visit thesastoolkit.com to download your free copy and unlock the growth potential you've been missing. That's the sastoolkit.com.